0: We'll Welcome to another sparkling edition of the Thought Police, the podcast that makes you smile even when you're feeling like shit. Don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> Kevin O'Sullivan's here. Um, his chips have arrived. and well, apparently, My food's here. Apparently they're too hot for him. They're too so, fucking hot. Well, that's good. That means you'll have to wait a while before you can fucking eat them. Maybe wait until the end of the podcast. But anyway, welcome uh, to One and All. Uh, it's been a bit of a uh, momentous few days, really, hasn't it, Kevin? Because well, fucking hell, yeah. had all the excitement of the Platinum Jubilee. Um, and then... Suddenly, there was a vote of no confidence in the Prime Minister. I suppose we should kick off with that, really. But before we do anything, I want to tell you about Father's Day, which is coming up. Because Father's Day uh, is very, very soon. And you might not be surprised to hear that our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure that all the father figures out there are looking like daddy material this June. Now, I don't want you to take that the wrong way. Performance package four is what they're offering us. And because you're a listener to this podcast, you will be able to get all of this. Uh, it's their signature lawnmower four, the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. Uh, this is no dad joke, right? You can get yourself 20% off plus free shipping with the code police at manscaped.com right and here's what you get in the package you will get the lawnmower 4 trimmer the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer the crop preserver ball deodorant the crop reviver toner performance boxer briefs and a travel bag to hold all your goodies right so buy, buy this for yourself if you're a dad sons buy this for you and your dad and if you're a lady buy this for your man and it says here even dog daddies. You deserve this tree. So you could get, uh, you could pretend that uh, Chasbo's buying it for you. Chas could buy it for me. <laughs> he yeah. could buy it for you. Dogscape. Very generous, uh, yeah. <laughs> very generous dog, Chasbo. Uh, 20% off free shipping with the code police at manscape.com. Uh, go and do it. Uh, and then it says here, shake what your mama gave you. Yeah. That's, I know what that, that means. That sounds good. So anyway, uh, let's talk about Boris Johnson. Uh, indeed. He's um, still here. Well, we're going to get on to the Platinum Jubilee uh, in a minute. I just want to say at the outset, just to lay the kind of foundation for that conversation, uh, do you know what I loved about the Platinum Jubilee? What did you love about it? It's all the people it pissed off. <laughs> that's the main thing, right? Let's get, we'll talk about yeah, that in a, that's a, a, absolutely bit, right. a bit later. Including Let's talk the BBC. About yeah. Let's talk so about So Boris, Boris Johnson, right, all weekend I'm reading stories about how, you know, Clearly, there is a, there's a build-up of resentment, and there might be a vote of no confidence, but it might not be this week. It might be next week. It might be the week after. It's definitely going to happen. And then suddenly, you wake up on Monday morning, and there's old Graham Brady going at eight o'clock in the morning. We're going to have a vote this afternoon of no confidence. It suddenly happened. You know, but if you read the papers, happened on, very quickly. The uh, Sunday Times uh, um, uh, yesterday was saying, or rather, on uh, Sunday, they, they said, "Oh, sixty-seven letters have gone in." Right. You know, so so, so it, they knew it, that it, it, on Sunday. It, well, yeah, a lot of the papers seemed to know that the threshold had been passed. So it was inevitable. Mm. Nevertheless, I agree with you. All of a sudden, mm. uh, th- uh, events were uh, going at lightning yeah. speed. I mean, we, have, we have learned, haven't we, now that Boris was actually told on Sunday afternoon that that was all going to happen. So he was already aware of it, mm. So, which might explain why I, he was a bit glum when he was mm, out with I'll Karen. tell you what was really interesting. It Really interesting is apparently the tipping point – For a load of the MPs that put the letters in, uh, was seeing on Friday, the Thanksgiving do, a Thanksgiving service at St. Paul's, was seeing Boris roundly booed by the crowd as he arrived. Mm. So basically, palpable unpopularity is a very bad looking politics. And all these fucking other MPs said this cunt is really unpopular. Yeah, let's put in a letter. But do you not think that that was partially manufactured unpopularity? Because one, it was in London, where everybody fucking votes Labour. Yeah, two. Yeah. I don't believe all these pundits who said, "Oh, that's the heartlands of the Tory party." It's bloody London, which is not at all the heartlands of the Tory party. And I think a lot of people might have gone along to the St Paul's affair who were actually younger, possibly Meghan and Harry fans, because that was the first chance they were going to get to see him. And maybe that's why. They were booed. Ex- I think you're exactly right, Mike. I think that. I mean, I know this because for our Saturday night show, Kev, Mike, and Kev's Saturday night talk away. Don't yes. miss it. Don't every miss it. Every seven p.m. Yeah. every Saturday night, seven p.m. on Talk TV. Um, I go out on the streets and I do these vox pops yeah, yeah. to talk to people about all these issues. And the one thing I've noticed here in London. Uh, is the hatred for Boris and Tories is extreme. It's extreme. So you're right, those crowds outside... St. Paul's, given that probably most of them came from London, are not reflective of what the people around the country are thinking. And I think Boris Johnson is a lot more popular out there in the provinces around the country than he is in the capital. No, I think that's absolutely right because all of this talk of him being a serial liar and a compulsive womanizer. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's not as if if he's only just become that. Mm. (laughs) And they're suddenly going, oh my fucking God, he's a liar. And you go, well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Tell us something we don't know. You knew he was a liar. When he was elected. Really? You know? yeah, yeah, he's always been a liar. But that's fine, you know. Now also, is he the only politician that's a liar? What is that about? They will say, oh, we must have uh, prime ministers of integrity that must never lie. No, no, no. I want a prime minister who's a skillful liar. Mm. My problem with Boris is, is he's a shit liar because he always gets found <laughs> out. Yeah, he's not very good at it. No, he's I mean, for crap. somebody who's a compulsive liar, you'd think he'd be better well. at actually doing it, you know, because uh, he's always getting caught out with whichever wife he's, he's been cheating on. He's always been caught out by everybody who works, well, any com- newspaper he's ever worked yeah, at. Yeah, this cunt was fired from the Times for um, making up quotes. For completely lying. I mean, we've worked with some pretty good liars over the years. When he, when he was, right? uh, yes, we have. I mean, journalists <laughs> by, journalists are like politicians. They better be good liars, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, because uh, you've got to lie to get your way into places yeah, sometimes in exactly, order to get out exactly, of places of course, sometimes, you know, and all, in order to get out of situations. Yeah. Um, it's not like when you bang on someone's door and say, can you give me an interview, uh, and the reason I want to do this is to exploit your story to sell newspapers. No. You don't tell them that, do no, you? You don't necessarily, you definitely don't want to do that. Uh, we'll just pause for a second. That was just somebody coming in and closing the door. But that's all right. Uh, it's, it's a living podcast, we're right. gonna call yeah, yeah. This. Ra- It's a radio- living podcast. Radio safe. Yeah, that's it. That's As what it happens. That's what we do. So because we're sitting in the Horseshoe, which is, of course, our favourite pub. We will be, by the way, announcing soon um, another live podcast recording, yeah. which is going to have a little special um, treat for everybody if they come along. Um, but it's upstairs at this pub, which they're basically trying to fucking maroon I don't know what's going on outside, but the um, the workmen have now started digging up the entirety of the road from outside the door, literally, mm. all the way to the end of the road. And there's a sign at the end of the road saying, road closed. I thought I was going to fucking get up well, it's here. A, it's a little fucking cul-de-sac anyway. I mean, it's closed road what are they they anyway. are uh, doing? And God knows what they're doing. It's like they're building a massive construction site or something. <laughs> building fucking the pyramids. Tiny little fucking road. I know. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so... Um, the whole idea of, of the Boris project, you know, is that he knows very well who he appeals to. He knows that it isn't metropolitan London. And that's why he gets out and about as much as he does. Because wherever, what, what you don't get told about Boris Johnson by the media is that wherever he goes, he gets fucking mobbed by people. You know, he goes to hospitals, and the nurses will want their pictures taken with him. Yeah. You know, the doctors might not, because the doctors are all Labour voters, but they say they hate him. But, you know, most people love Boris Johnson wherever he goes. And I'm not sure that that's actually changed. Here's the thing, though, right, these fucking politicians making their moralistic statements about, you know, this, the grotesque uh, failure to observe the rules, breaking his own rules, uh, breaking the minister, I cannot in all conscience continue to support this prime minister. So there's there's quite a few of them now, 148, we well Mm. know. Uh, it's nothing to do with their fucking morals. It's mathematical. These people, because they're in Westminster, unlike the rest of the, the, the nation, people who work in Westminster, MPs and journalists, believe wholeheartedly all polls. They think polls yeah. are utterly accurate. The rest of the nation know that most of them are a load of old Especially bollocks. Especially if they buy <laughs> yeah, they're by you gun Yeah. Most of them are a load of old bollocks. Yeah. But that's the world MPs live in. And what they've calculated, looking at the polls, is that Boris Johnson will lead them to electoral disaster. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. You've had lots and lots of Tory uh, administrations lots and lots of Labour administration midterm. Mm. They, lo- <coughs> they were going to Cr- crash, burn, and completely fuck. Mm. Come the next election, they win. Yeah. But also, I mean, the thing about the Tories is they have this incredible ability to literally, you know, commit Harry Keery. I mean, here's a guy who got elected with the biggest majority of all time, I think, in the history of Parliament, right? He gets an 80-seat majority. Quite that, but... I think it was. Well, I mean, no, because Margaret Thatcher had a 102-seat uh, majority no. when she was upended, which okay. is why... When people say, oh, fucking hell, Por- Boris has got a massive majority, he can't be upended. Well, uh, Margaret, Thatcher, oh, no. well, Margaret I'm never, Thatcher had 20 seats yeah. more. Well, I'd never say that he can't be upended because of the majority. But what I'm saying is he got the majority because he got more and more people to vote for him um, than many had yeah. voted before for previous no, it was a great performance. prime ministers. And the point is, is that they've taken that and completely fucking ruined it and turned it into a complete and utter fucking... Um, you know albatross around their neck. You know it's completely and utterly fucking ridiculous. I know uh, it shouldn't uh, be happening. And st- you know fucking Starmer, all of a sudden, uh, looks like the golden boy, doesn't he? And uh, you well, know I wouldn't go that far. Well, he, but but he, but, <laughs> you, but he does. He looks more like to the, the fucking Tory he boy hasn't done to any, He hasn't fucking done anything, but he still looks like the golden boy. And he's well, he has done something. In. He has now worked out apparently that some women can have a penis. He's now declared this as the next fucking part of the uh, the Labour manoeuvre. Well, that's no good, movement. is it? Because the point is, is that now he's going on about the fact that um, this is very, very few women. Jess Phillips. But some of them yeah. can have some dicks. of them can have a penis. Ah! I mean, do fuck off. But what he doesn't say, which is what the NHS was saying, um, is that some women can have um, ovaries, uh, ovaries, and some men can as well. Apparently, so they're now saying. They're not going to use the word women why do they on an NHS cancel? website. Why do they? Everybody. Why do they want to cancel the word women, but not the word men? They don't call men, you know, people with prostates. They do they? actually. No, well, they do. I've actually seen a doctor on BBC Breakfast calling, saying exactly well, he's that. A cunt. Well, he is people. <laughs> people with prostates. He go, do fuck off, mate. People don't have prostates. Men have prostates. Yeah, yeah. And if a woman has a prostate, she's not a woman. She's yeah, a man who thinks she's a woman, but who's a man. But most right? of the be that most of the cancellation is, is directed towards women, but, you know, people with cervixes, people who menstruate. There's going to be a fucking. You know what? On the, the next census form is going to say um, that, that there's a proposal that instead of saying "I oh, male female," the question will be, "Do you menstruate?" No, I don't. No, no, no. I know. But, but I know you, someone who does. I know. But when you answer that, you see, that they won't <laughs> ask you. So they, they won't say, what's your sex, male or female? They'll say, do you menstruate? What a load of shit. Rubbish. What, what a load, load of bollocks. ridiculous juvenile shit. And it really is. But it's not going to fucking stop, is it? As long as Keir Starmer keeps projecting it and fucking protecting it and saying, oh, yeah, yeah they're all absolutely right because we mustn't offend anybody. Mm. Everybody must have their oh. dignity intact. Yeah, what you said was that actually the vast majority of women don't have penises, but a, a, a small minority of them do have penises. And that's no, m- and that, no. that's small, still no, fucking no, wrong. No, 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 that, that, that small minority kid, they're called blokes. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid cunt. Fuck's sake, what a wanker. I mean, it really is incredible, isn't it? But what about fucking talking of cunts? What about Jeremy Hunt? right, who got uh, completely fucking kipped by Nadine Dorries, right? Did you say uh, that Sophie Ridge on I Sky became the latest one to call him Jeremy Cunt? <laughs> I wonder if they're doing it deliberately, though, what? because there's a whole reel on YouTube of every, almost every yeah. single BBC presenter you can think of calling him exactly that. And I just think, I mean, we've all, we've all been there. I've never once called him Jeremy Cunt accidentally. Right. I've called him Jeremy cunt deliberately, but never on the radio because yeah. you don't do that. No, I agree with you. I've, no, I've never come close to saying no. that. No. So there must be something in their minds that they want to call him Jeremy cunt. Yeah. Well, there is, because they don't like the Tories. You know, like every single one of these, you know, media personalities for Sky or the BBC, got... they all hate the Tories. Do you remember, I don't do you remember why. the sequence? The sequence sequ- was Jim Nocty on the Today program <laughs> saying, saying saying Jeremy cunt. And then later on, they went to start the week with Andrew Marr, and he said, we won't be making any mistakes like that. We'll be calling him Jeremy Cunt. Fucking Andrew Marr. Andrew Marr is possibly the world's most boring fucking broadcaster. I had the misfortune of listening to him the other day, um, because he was on, I think he was on when his show wasn't on, on that other channel, you know, but he was being co-opted onto another show. And I think it was because of the Jubilee. And he was fucking awful. Just yeah. really boring. I, I thought it absolutely summed up fucking wankers at the BBC. Yeah. So after 300 years at the BBC, uh, he announces that he's quitting, basically because that other radio station offered him a shitload of money. Right. But he said that the real reason he was quitting because he wanted to get his voice back and be able to talk about climate change. Fucking hell, they Uh. don't talk about anything else on the fucking BBC. I know. Well, the other great thing about the BBC's coverage of the Jubilee was, I think it was Rita Chakrabarti who came out. Uh, at the end of one of their segments on Thursday, the first day, which actually I thought was really uplifting. It was really interesting. It was bright. It was breezy. Yeah. And I'm not talking about BBC's coverage. I'm talking about our coverage. But, you know, um, and she goes at the end of this little segment, I know this is not everybody's cup of tea. I was like, "Sorry, like you would, would you say that about fucking Glastonbury, the wall-to-wall fucking coverage? Would you say it about, you know, covering the gay pride fucking, pal- you know... Um, parade in, in Soho every fucking year? Would you say it then? No, you wouldn't. And why would you say it about the royal family? Yeah, because uh, she's probably a Republican, isn't she? Yeah, but they can't be... Why can't they just fucking pretend to be unbiased? You know? Well, because they, they, they can't. And they're fucking... Di- they, don't, they think they're impartial, so... How's your lunch, by the way? It's, like, it's very good. I was watching... Um, Fucking telly. unbelievable. Watching telly yesterday, right? Once a week we do this. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> can't <laughs> Once a week we do this. Yeah. You can't fucking erase you your that. eat at any I've other got time. I've to fucking eat now just to piss you off, Aside from, well, Every apparently week. so. Every fucking week. working, too. <laughs> yeah. um, no, no, so I'm watching the telly yesterday, right? And Dominic Raab is being interviewed by Victoria Derbyshire. World's uh, most uh, useless and, politician. Know, and she's sort of saying, you know... Is Boris Johnson the devil? You know, <laughs> <laughs> is, 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 is it right? He's going straight to hell, and yes. will lose his job in three minutes. Yes. Hey, look at the way he treats women. Yeah. it's awful. Just so, awful. So, so, so Dominic Raab said, uh, uh, "Well, uh, Victoria, I'm happy to answer." Was your he co- standing on a box? No, no, she's the, quite tall. Well, no, they weren't actually together. They were, they were remote. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, he goes, I'm happy to answer your question, though. Of course, you are being your usual partisan self. No, oh, did he which say of that? of course, she was. Yeah, yeah. And she comes back and said, well, I'm sorry to kick back at you, uh, Mr. Justice Secretary, but... Uh, Just because I ask questions that you don't like, it doesn't mean I'm partisan. Yes, it does, you fucking silly cow. (laughs) Obviously, you're fucking partisan. And that's what's weird about these people, like the Victoria Derbyshire's of this world, Hmm. is they think they are bastions of impartiality. Oh, they do, yeah. They have no notion of their own extreme bias. No, they really don't. And also the point is, is that they have no clue actually of what the outside world is like they don't know what anybody actually thinks outside of the little bbc bubble that they exist in because everyone's like them they all agree with each other that boris johnson's the biggest horrible most ghastly man that ever walked the earth and the tories are all cruel evil people who throw children out of trains and you know into the river and stuff you know fuck me they have no clue. No, Planet BBC is a weird place. Uh, more and more, when I watch their news programs, their discussion programs, because there's nothing else to watch on it, you, you think, who are these fucking weirdos? These, uh, uh, you know, they're all on 350 grand a year, uh, you know, to be correspondents. The thing the state that's amazing is how many of them there are who pop up and yeah, you go, "Who the right fuck? Who's it's like this bloke? T- Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, who or, the fuck is this old guy? Yeah, you know, medical correspondent. I've never seen him before." But apparently, he's been there for 30 years. You go, well, why the fuck have I never seen him before? You know, it's incredible. That's well, a BBC for yeah. But what was your favourite moment then? You said you were very happy about all the other people that got pissed off about the Jubilee. Um, because it's, it actually was a really, really, for me, um, all inclusive, kind of encompassing. It, thing. I mean, it, pro- it, pro- it proved like three things, you know. One, that the Queen is, uh, you know, indomitably popular, just absolutely beloved by the nation, yeah. secondly, uh, allied to that. There's no fucking chance for the Republicans. No. And, uh, B, as I say, I think probably my favourite moments, uh, negatively, were Harry and Meghan reduced to the cheap seat fantastic. in St. Paul's fantastic. Cathedral. Worth its weight in gold. Uh, and the Queen at, uh, making it for the last balcony yeah. uh, call on Sunday afternoon when I was on I'll air. I'll tell you what pissed me off about It was yeah. fucking Prince William. And his crappy speech about the fucking ...fucking saving the planet. What the fuck are they? Do you know? And they wheeled out that your favourite fucking bloke, old David Attenborough, to fucking well tell us all about how he was nearly dead, and he was thinking about fucking you know saving the planet some more. I mean, and he's going, you know. I've been tra- <laughs> just Just go on the piss, Dave. Don't worry about it. You're going to be fucking dead in about 20 minutes. You don't have to worry about the fucking planet anymore. Silly old cunt. And he's like, they sent yeah. me around the Stop world. Stop making programs about animals. Make yeah. a program about something else. Well, do you remember when you said the other day, or a few weeks ago, uh, it was very funny, but he was like, oh, I've got an idea for a show. Oh, yeah, what's it called? The Blue Planet. Fuck off. Yeah. I mean, you know, have you got anything that doesn't have the words blue and planet in it? Yeah. Can you do anything else? Fuck off. Yeah, it's all he ever fucking does. <laughs> but he can fuck off right. and William can fuck off. Did you I notice mean, that he was making these weird sort of hand gestures? He, he held his heart. He held his hand to his heart. Yeah. I mean somebody's obviously taught him how to do that. But they like, fucking businesses. Is, is what we fucking drive around in. But if you think about it, Mike, you and I spent our, on air, half the weekend, you know, criticising quite rightly those those animal rebellion cunts. Yes. You know, who stormed the mall on Friday or Thursday Wankers. Thursday. You know, saying it was just, look, by all means, you've got every right to believe in your cause and protest, but that was the wrong moment. You know, the, the, not the time and place. Very inappropriate. Then, comes Sunday, uh, what were we supposed to say about William? When he, he just like them, mm. he hijacks this event to make a speech about his p- pet cause, celebra, climate change. Yeah. Really inappropriate. Yeah, it was. And then they covered Buckingham Palace with that sort of, you know, the... Wasn't CGI? It was just projection, I suppose, and making it look like it was somehow overgrown with fucking trees and plants, birds flying, and all it looked to me like was a fucking you know when you used to live in some student house and nobody had fucking done the garden for about fucking six months, and it just looked like shit, but But fucking overgrown fucking house. But him and his dad, um, they reckon that making speeches about saving the planet is uncontroversial. Yeah, you because know, the royals only ever want to be insipid and bland. Yeah, they don't actually. Oh, because ever, yeah, everybody. They never want us. to step into controversy. Um, well, actually, well, if they think that everybody thinks that about climate change, they've got another thing coming. And actually, what William did on Sunday night was an outrageous. Um, abrogation of royal duty and that is to stay impartial and not be political yeah uh that was controversial uh because a lot of people don't agree with him go fuck yourself yeah exactly you? it's not the right time now just before we do anything else let me tell you about a new podcast which is ours, uh, a three-episode docu series, which is quite an interesting one it's from the debugger podcast right uh which is basically exploring big tech and it's called defending democracy and us from Big Tech and it's tech journalist Bob Sullivan uh, who's got experts from Duke University and beyond for this special mini-series. It goes into the whole idea of what it is that Big Tech's doing. They make huge decisions over our lives every day, what we see, how we feel, what we censor, even what medical decisions we take, but who's controlling these massive firms? Who are so rich now they can pretty much do whatever they want and how do we keep them in check? So check it out, uh, Defending Democracy from Big Tech, a thought-provoking limited series that we think you're going to love. If you like the Thought Police and what we do a lot of the time, uh, here's a clip to give you a taste of what it sounds like. And you get the whole thing uh, on the Debugger uh, podcast.
1: When we left off, I'd just mentioned the burning Cuyahoga River, a big, terrible mess in Cleveland that eventually, during the 1960s and early 70s, helped Galvanize the attention of most Americans and help to bring about the Environmental Protection Agency. Well, we have another really big burning mess on our hands right now. Big tech. This decision meant that your company would now combine, for example, all of my data on Google, my search history, my location from Google Maps, information from my emails from Gmail, as well as my personal identity with the record of almost all of the websites I visited. That is absolutely staggering. Mr. Bezos, did you personally sign off on the plan to raise prices after Amazon limited its competition?
0: My point is that Apple is the
1: sole decision-maker as to whether an app is made available to app users
0: through the Apple Store, isn't that correct?
1: Facebook wants you to believe that to be able to share fun photos of your kids with old friends, you must also be inundated with anger-driven virality. They want you to believe that this is just part of the deal. Storm clouds are gathering around the technology industry, and few would argue an epic battle is coming. Some call it the tech lash. Big tech is accused of running our lives through surveillance and manipulation, accused of censorship, accused of harming children, accused of threatening democracy. Mainly, it's accused of doing whatever the hell it wants with companies so rich and so powerful that they seemingly don't have to answer to anyone anymore. We don't really know how to fix it, which is actually code for we don't really want to invest in fixing it. When I go to Amazon and I search for vacuum cleaner, how do I know why they're picking these 10 vacuum cleaners for me? Right. Like, what does Amazon's choice mean? I don't know. What we saw on January 6th in the first 202 interviews of people involved that were done by the Department of Justice, nearly half cited Facebook or Instagram as a way that they either heard about the insurrection or helped to organize the insurrection. So this was a major breach of trust, and and I'm really sorry that this happened. Congressman, in retrospect, it was a mistake. Congresswoman, it sounds like we made a mistake there. I apologize for that. Spokespeople from within Facebook would, would comment on things or say things like, you know, don't quit your day job or Couldn't you find something better to do? Things like of that nature. And you're sort of going like, we just said something extremely serious about hate speech and, you know, conspiracy theories. And your response is like, don't quit your day job. Quick, if there were a fire hydrant in front of your front door, but the parking ticket was, mm, say, five cents a day, you'd probably park there, right? That's kind of how things work in big tech right now. Oh, yes, it was incredibly frustrating because the consent decree was designed exactly to avert a Cambridge
0: analytic. And there's almost no provision in the 2011 consent decree that Facebook did not file it. What's deeply
1: frustrating to the user of Facebook is that it's really hard to leave Facebook and go someplace else. If Coca-Cola were doing something really awful, it would be very satisfying to not drink Coke anymore and drink Pepsi instead. What's the closest thing that we've seen so far to a platform perp walk or even a, you know, a tech company executive facing jail time? Frankly, I don't think we've seen anything that's been close yet because I don't think we've seen the will to move and take that step. I think we need to ask the question why that hasn't happened.
0: And when I would talk to the general counsels of Facebook and Google, I was just overwhelmed by the sense of not only are we the David versus Goliath, but we're pretty tiny David. I
1: remember the first time I read the new GDPR. And there's a recital in it, Bob, that gave me tingles. And it said... The processing of personal data should serve, serve. mankind. <laughs> I thought, what a beautiful, beautiful idea. idea. When I think about whether or not we're able to do this, like, we're the United States of America. We do hard things. You know? You know? You know, you know.
0: But let's go back to the um, the Jubilee, because there were lots of weird things that happened as well. Like on Sunday, I switched it on. And they had that rather curious, slightly eccentric kind of British thing where they had people like fucking, um, what's her name, um, Lewis Hamilton's ex-girlfriend, ex, ex- uh, girlfriend, Nicole Scherzinger, oh, yeah. from Pussycat Dolls on a Bus, <laughs> with a load of other people, including fucking um, Chris Eubank yeah well I saw Cliff Richard fucking Cliff Richard what what the fuck are they doing this is this weird who who came up with this guest list it's like the guest list from fucking hell Mm, yeah you know, I, I mean, do you really expect me to stand <laughs> on the fucking mall and wave at Alan Titchbart on a, on a double decker? Uh, I, oh, I, can, I can think of better things to do. You I know? mean, it was a very odd mixture yeah, of people these, bu- these buses, load of seat full of sea listers going yeah. up and down the mall. I didn't understand Wasn't that. Wasn't there at a couple all. of Spice Girls on it as well? Oh, yeah, yeah, you, you name the Z lister, they were on the fucking yeah. bus. I mean, it was not fucking, the ticket. Fucking horrendous. Um, yeah, that was a bit odd. Uh, I mean, I thought of that. And old... the dragon. Did you see the, the massive dragon puppet? It was the biggest load of shit I've ever seen. What? There's a load of people with, a, yeah, with I a, saw it, yeah. a really badly made puppet that didn't do anything. you've got a fucking dragon puppet, surely it should be breathing fire or something, shouldn't it? Well, I, I mean, I've the ones from... I've seen better dragons in Chinatown. It's like a cardboard, wasn't it? Yeah, but, well, no, it was made of some, you know, probably synthetic material, so it was user-friendly to the environment. Now, how can you get it breathing fire? Well, I don't know. I'm not a fucking puppeteer, but if I was doing a dragon... You'd get a fucking, you'd get one of those. I mean, you could you what? could do the old. Um, yeah, but it'd be a know, bit dangerous. When the fucking hairspray can and make it fucking look <laughs> yeah, better. Than yeah, that. that'd be a good idea. <laughs> up and down the mall with all the crowds there. Well, See if we can singe a few of well, them. Well, hang on. I mean, have you never seen the old fire-breathing people? You know, where they swallow some alcohol and then spit it out. Well, they're not going to fucking do that on the mall, are they? Why not? Well, because it's dangerous. Oh, God. What, have you turned all fucking woke now? No. it's dangerous. No, because that's the the decision they're going to make. It's a health and safety nation, isn't it? No. They're not going to have fucking flames for throwing up and down the fucking mall, are they? Well, I fucking would. I mean, if I'd been in charge of it, that's what I would have had. A dragon spat flames out. What's the point otherwise, right? Well, I can't stand processions anyway. They're always boring. They're all pretty shit, yeah. I mean, I've never enjoyed any fucking thing that involves floats. These I mean, carnivals are crap. Remember the, like the Thanksgiving Day parades they used to do in America, like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade. People used to get very worked up about it. And I was just like, this is fucking awful. You know, oh, look, it's a float that's got Disney characters on it. It was fucking terrible. Well, yeah, but um, in L.A., we used to have the big pride march, the biggest pride march in the world. Yeah. That was actually quite good. Well, pride marches can they're, be they're, quite they're, good they're fun. Really good. They're really inventive. And yeah, but I mean, anything that involves a lot of floats. I'm sorry, you know, and people dancing. Well, that's what you en- got. On su- that's what you got on Sunday afternoon. Mm. You know, it was basically a carnival march, and it wasn't very good. But no. you know, none of them are. No, uh, but meanwhile, people are having parties all over the country, mm. just as it started to rain. Um, yes, but it was it was good. Well, you for know, I, I went to my um, squares, kind of. Um, Jubilee party, which was actually quite surprisingly good. I mean, they went to quite a lot of trouble. There was a couple of barbecues out. Met a load of people that I didn't know, uh, even though I've lived there for like fucking fifteen well, years. Nice. I literally don't know any of my neighbours, you know. So I've got absolutely no fucking idea. Oh, I've just seen a story about Hillary Clinton popping into a fish oh, and chips shop. To, uh, she went to had fish and chips. Where? Uh, uh, it was up in uh, up the north somewhere. Uh, David Milliband organised it. Oh, really? Um, so she went to make a speech. Oh, well, it'd be up in Sunderland somewhere because uh, yeah, he used uh, to be on the Sunderland board, didn't he? Yeah. They? Um, Sunderland, they'll love her up there. So she had, I mean, fucking pigs. She had she, she had uh, crab on toast, then uh, cod chips and mushy peas. Well, that's all right. Well, that's a lot of food, isn't it? Well, I suppose so, but, you know, what's she doing here then? Uh, she came to make a speech, I just told you. David Miliband organised. Well, you said them. David Miliband organised her to go fish and chip shop. That's, I didn't hear That, that a bit is about his speech. old constituency. Right. He didn't fucking organise her to go to the fish and chip shop. Well, yeah, doing? Hillary, why don't you get on a jet, fly <laughs> like 10, 10 hours, <laughs> then go up to the fucking North some fish and chips? Oh, yeah, I like that idea, Dave. Thanks very much, mate. So yeah. you don't think he organised for her to go there? You think she just found it, do you? Hey, What? Do you think she just found the fish and chip shop? Yeah, he didn't fucking organise it. Of course he did. I could do another interview with her. I interviewed her once. I went down to... Um, well, I went down to... Um, it was when Eve Pollard was editor of the Sunday Express, and she just declared that she wanted interviews with Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, right? And I managed to get her one of Bill, and then she said, can you get, darling, can you get me Hillary? I said, well, I'll try. And I kept ringing up fucking Hillary's PR people, and they kept saying, you know, we don't know where she's going to be. You know, they didn't give a fuck, basically, because they couldn't care less about the Sunday Express. They were like, you know, if you're American media, you can come in the pool. I was like, no, I don't want to come in the fucking pool. Anyway, somehow I managed to track her down to some school, in pennsylvania that one day she was going to go to right so i fucking hired a car drove down from new york got to the school um found the classroom that she was going to be addressing and just basically fucking walked in and sat down and it was like 18 year olds or something you know and i was quite young then so i didn't look that old but i was wearing a suit and um i sat managed to sit there and nobody did anything nobody fucking swept the room or anything Ah. she came in and gave her a little fucking speech and then at the end, asked for questions. A couple of people put their hands up. And then I put my hand up. And I can't remember what I even asked her. But it was something like, you know, are you pretty happy about your, f- your husband becoming president of the United States of America? Because if he does, you won't see much of it. Or somebody some kind got of a tabloid fucking question like that. And she was like, you're not really in this class, are you? And I went, no, not really. <laughs> and she went, are you from England? I said, yes, I am. She said, well, can I ask you to leave? And I said, well, I'm only going to go if you promise to talk to me afterwards. And so she did.
1: Right. And
0: um, the thing that I noticed, she was very charming. And it was during that whole period where she said that, you know, she wasn't going to stay home and bake cookies. So we did a bit of that. Right. Um, and I got about 10 minutes with her, which, which old Eve was delighted with. But the one thing I noticed about was she had very fat ankles. Oh, she's, yeah. No, very fat ankles. You know, some women have just got fat ankles. But she's got fat legs. I think they call them cankles, don't cankles, they? Cankles, yeah. They call them cankles. She's got fat legs. She's and, a fat little and, thing. and she's not at all um, sexy, I would say. <laughs> No shit, Sherlock. (laughs) Well, hang on. Well, Well, there was me thinking she was one of the great sex symbols of all time. A a veritable Marilyn Monroe of of the White House. Well, we're talking 1991. She wasn't fucking sexy. She's never been sexy. No, no. well, she's fucking Hillary Clinton, Mike. Yeah, but hang on. Let's just end this conversation. Why? She's not fucking sexy. She never was. Well, you say that, but... Well, she's got you, fat fucking ankles. Have you... All right. She's got a fucking shit okay. husband. But you haven't met her, though, have you? Well, yeah, but it doesn't mean to say... I know she's not sexy. Well, you don't know that until I've you meet met, somebody. You know, because you can meet that's women. That's I know no. sir, Marilyn Monroe was sexy. I never met her. Yeah, but you only say that because you think she was. But, you know, I met, for example, Claudia Schiffer once at one of the Pride of Britain's, and she was not sexy at all. Yeah, but you don't have to meet people to know whether or not they're sexy. No, no, I think you do, because you see more of them. Well, she's not. Fucking Hillary Clinton is about as sexy as a fucking pile of shit. It's such a charming turn of phrase. No, but the point is that some, some women who are not outwardly beautiful can still be very sexy, is my point. Yeah, right? They say. Like some people said, for example, Margaret Thatcher was sexy. You Remember Alan, uh, what's his face? Yeah. Um, the guy that did the Alan Clark, the Alan Clark diaries, he yeah. used to say, basically, he used to get a hard on when he was talking to, to Margaret Thatcher because she was a sexy woman. Mind you, now, he, got, he got a fucking hard on when he was talking to any woman. Yeah, it? that's true. But the point my point is is that, you know, you can it's you shouldn't just dismiss what I said because it can be the case. Edwina Curry. Um well, she's not fucking well, sexy. Well, I didn't find her sexy. No. No, but I mean John Major did, didn't he? Uh, yeah. I suppose so. He did. The point is it's all in the you eye. Mean of the, eye of the beholder. It's in the eye of the beholder. All yeah. I my point is simply that, you know, 30 years ago, Hillary Clinton would have only been, what, about 40 or something, maybe 35, 40, I don't know. Um, And sometimes, even though she would not look outwardly sexy, when you sometimes meet some of these people, you can go, actually, there's a little spark there. There's something going on. Well, you stop going on about fucking Hillary Clinton being (laughs) sexy. I don't know why it's upset you so much. She's a fucking dog and always was. Yeah, but hang on. I think you're being unfair. Stop going on about whether or not Hillary Clinton's fucking sexy. What about Jill she's Biden? She's not. What about Jill Biden? Well, well, she's a bit better than fucking... I mean, the good news she's about... She's quite good, old Jill. Well, the, the good news about shagging Jill Biden is he'd never know, would he? Yeah, yeah. Old well, Joe. I shouldn't think he's huh? up to it. What's that, Jill? Huh? Huh? <laughs> what? What? I said, get back in the bedroom. Um, anyway, listen, the one story I did want to talk to you about, which is a very important story funniest story of the week. <laughs> Scientists accidentally create super vicious hamsters in a lab after gene editing experiment goes why wrong. Why do you find this funny? Because it's... because It's I, cruelty. There's nothing more... Uh, it's uh, cruel. There's nothing more humorous than a crazed fucking hamster. No, no, hamster. that's not... That's, Imagine that, them going around that, the wheel really fucking fast. It's unconscionably cruel. <laughs> no, it's not. Why are they doing this? Because they're obviously experimenting no, on you the genes. No, they doing it. They were trying to t- take out some fucking uh, uh, element, some... Uh, Genome they're thing. trying to take out a hormone or something. A hormone that yeah. w- uh, to make them more friendly, and it went the other way, and they become ex- became extreme it made them wild. But why were they doing that in the first place? Because they're trying to experiment with scientific fucking um, Fuck you know off. project what for what for to achieve what? Oh fucking hell! Look. These hamsters are now more friendly than they were before. Who oh fucking you? hell? It's gone wrong. They're not friendly. What is the point of this shit? Have you. Been, did you eat a fucking. What is the what point of this shit? What did you have for lunch shit? a fucking steroid the sandwich? This is a fucking disgrace. They That's haven't sh- killed them. Yeah, fuck off. They shouldn't be. Do- Why are they fucking around with them? Leave them alone, fucking pigs. Get a fucking proper job. Well, Stop you, fiddling around with animals let's do it on and pigs. fucking go and get a proper job. I fucking hate that shit. Right. Gene editing lab test inadvertently makes horde of rage fueled hamsters. Right? It's, it turns It's uh, not funny. It, turned, it is funny. It's it fucking them, cruel. It's not cruel. It turned them wild. Promptly chasing. is it not cruel? Chasing, biting, and pinning them down. Why is that not cruel? <laughs> it's not, cr- they're fucking it's not fucking funny. You've got they're no hamsters. fucking compassion, that's your point. I don't have any compassion. I've already said that many times. I've got fucking le- much less compassion than you. Yeah, but you care more about animals than you do about people. You're fucking right. And well, that makes you a fucking weirdo, fuck, fucking psychopath. Fuck people. I mean, you shouldn't be, be doing that. That's shit, that. Well, I don't care whether they do it or not. Why? Think, because Why? It's, it's, it's unconscionable, purposeless f- cruelty. Well, you don't know There's it's There's no point to it whatsoever. Well, it says here, except st- fucking no, Hang f- on. fiddling around with animals, leave them alone. The study's striking. Well, what are you, you going to do with a hamster if you're not experimenting on it? But be a eh? pet, leave it in the wild, a pet. whatever. In the wild, yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Hamsters in the wild, they are in the wild. Maybe, maybe Atmara could do a series on it, of you know. In the wild, the blue hamsters, yeah. Um, how about this, right? It says the study's striking conclusions. Uh, challenge scientists' understanding of the relationship between biology and behaviour. So it's u- it's useful. No, it's Developing... fucking not. What's useful about that? Developing gene edited hamsters isn't easy, but it's well, what important. What do you want to develop gene edited hamsters they're for? They're studying human social behaviour. So oh, you know, fuck off. Well, that's it's what they're doing. a fucking load of bollocks. Well, you, you seem unusually fucking exercised yeah, about this. Yeah, because it really annoys me this sort of shit. Well, what about it's keeping pointless. hamsters it's in a cage? Pointless. It's just a system by which we keep pointless fucking nerds employed fiddling around with fucking hamsters to try and find out whether or not they can be less or more friendly. That is utterly fucking pointless. Well, you wouldn't need to do it on you because you're about as unfriendly as you can be get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what you're leading towards. I suppose the idea is if it works on hamsters, we can do it on people. Well, I mean, I'd be happy for them to, well, ad- no, to experiment I wouldn't. on people. That's, you can't fucking I mean, play around. some people. This is the stuff of nature. Well, yeah, but you can't go through the world just you fucking never even blindly, never thought about you? this, have you? Yet? can't. Yeah, I have. I think it's no, fucking hilarious. No, you fucking haven't. I don't know why you get so worked out about it. Because it's fucking annoying. <laughs> 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 well, now we know what annoys Kevin. Start operating on a few fucking hamsters and see what happens. Maybe I'll bring a uh, fucking cam- hamster in a cage next to the next live show. What do you think about that? Uh, I wouldn't really like it. But we can like have it. it if you want. Yeah. Well, I mean, so you're okay with hamsters in a cage as long as we're not experimenting on them? Well, I'm not thrilled about it. Oh, okay. Well, people do have hamsters as pets, and they can be useful. I had a fucking hamster when I was a kid called Os- <laughs> Oswald. Oswald. Uh, Oswald. was it, Lee Harvey? Cause, no, cause, yeah, because my dad looked at it and said, "Looks like Lee Harvey Oswald." So he was called Oswald. He did look a bit like Oswald. Anyway, hamster. he kept. So he was, We had a cage and all that, but we used to let him out. Did you have a grassy knoll for him to sit <laughs> well, on? Oh yeah, <laughs> but he used to run. He was. He, was, he used to run all over. He, he ran all over the house, right? And then one day, uh, uh, he just disappeared, right. and we never saw him again. They run off, and so, so the kids were distraught. And we literally, about six months later, he fucking emerged from under, underneath the carpet about like 10 times the size of what he used to be. Because he'd been e- eating the underfelt for oh, about six up. months. My old man was furious because we had to get all the carpets relayed. But he literally ate all the underlay. That's fucking funny. We had a gerbil, which apparently came back from, I think it was my sister's school. Because you know how this summer fucking holidays came, and so all the kids had to take the fucking pets home. And we came with this gerbil. My mother used to have this old-fashioned um, Victorian commode, which was just an ornamental <laughs> thing. You didn't use it for anything. But it had like a hole. That's good to know. It had a hole in the middle. Well, I mean, we were pretty fucking poor, yeah. even though we lived in Hampstead. had a hole in the middle we were supposed to piss through. Um, and so we put the, took the hamster out of the cage, put it into this fucking hole. right? right. And as we were um, sort of trying to clean out the cage... This fucking thing was starting to jump. It would jump up and come out of the fucking hole. <laughs> so we had to try and stop it. So we tried to stop it. Somehow it got hold of her finger. All right. And it wouldn't let go. And it's a fucking big teeth, so a gerbil. W- what's the difference between a gerbil and a hamster, though? I have no idea. A tail? I don't know. I mean, they look similar. So I think gerbils are a bit... aren't sm- oh, hamsters a- hairier. Uh... I think perhaps this no, might be hairier, they're not hairier, aren't they? Like They've longer both got hair. hair. Is that a guinea pig I'm thinking about? Yeah, yeah. Guinea pigs are much bigger. Yeah, bigger and hairier. Yeah. So, anyway, this thing was stuck on her finger. She couldn't get it off. And in the end, she was doing this and fucking waving her arm around in a big circle and trying to get the, 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 the gerbil to finally get off her finger. And eventually, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> eventually, it just fucking flew off. <laughs> and it went out the window. That's not funny. That's not funny <laughs> poor thing poor thing you fucking cruel cunts I didn't do it you fucking people you think (laughs) you think you think the fucking misfortune (laughs) of animals is really funny it is. That's funny. That's not funny. That's fucking horrible. She had two Some great really big, nasty anecdotes. Really great two. Oh yeah. So the ones you tell are not nasty at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but mine are about people. Yeah, yours are fucking much more horrible than the yeah, ones yeah. we tell. <laughs> we have to cut yours out of the fucking podcast um, for fear of prosecution. Anyway, we're at the end. I think, aren't we? Have we, have we done enough? I think we've. I think we've reached uh, the end of the podcast. Uh, the gerbil. Well, we never found the gerbil. Um, it went out the fucking window. We, you know, we went downstairs looking for it. Couldn't find it anywhere. I said ran off. I guess probably we were, fucking died. Didn't we were it? about three floors yeah, up. That's funny. Well, it was funny at the time. Poor thing. Yeah. I mean, Poor they don't thing. live long gerbils, yeah. do they? No. Yeah. Huh? Well, I don't know. And I said <laughs> anyway. So I said that uh, one didn't. So I said to Mario, "I said, not much point cleaning the fucking cage then." <laughs> thing. <laughs> anyway, that's the end. Uh, we've got, however, plenty of people to thank for this, okay. as you might expect, um, including Suitable Choices, of course, the Mortgage and Protection Advice Company in Kent, and that is, of course, run by our good friend Dave Johnson, um, who is at uh, Thought Police... Um, is one of the executive producers. His tagline is straight talking, no bullshit advice, suitable Um I've got a note as well from one of our Patreon subscribers, Philip Tomlinson, Yeah. who says, Is the reason I haven't had a shout out on the podcast because you forgot or because I'm a complete cunt womble or both? Both. It is both, isn't it? Both. Uh, should we do the other list of names? Yeah. You got that? Yeah. I've do you got want the to kick it off with Jason Steele? Uh, shall I start then? Why not? Jason Steele, yeah. Leonie Thomas. Robbie Lennon, Matt Clark, Jennifer, American Whore, live, <laughs> <Burke. laughs> <laughs> <Lyon> every time <laughs> it gets me. John O'Brien, mm. Emma Lou, yeah. uh, George Mailing, yes. over to you, Mike. Uh, Emil Watters, Robbie Lennon's in there again. I thought he was already in there. Fucking drum in. roll, fuck roll, fuck roll off, drum roll, drum roll. Here she comes. Fuck off. Jenny twenty nine. Fuck tonight. <laughs> Dean McCarthy, Martin Gundry, John O'Brien, Tom O'Donnell, Gareth Hughes, Daniel Jones, John oh, yeah. Priest. Do you want to finish him? Yeah. Uh, William Barrow, Mark Buckley, Dale Pinnock, Pillock. Joseph French. Uh, and uh, this week's new fish are Johnny Swinscoe and Paul Butterworth. We'd yeah. also like to mention Dave Johnson. A thought we've police. done it already. Oh, have we? And yeah, we done that? Him at the well, we, start. He's getting another one, Dave. You're getting Cock off twice tw- tw- twice for your money twice, right? The, twice the big twice c- twice at the, good cunt. the price what the fuck is that phrase twice the, what is that phrase? cheap at twice the price that's it that's it cheap at half the price, yeah. cheap at half the price something like that oh yes yeah, anyway like that's that. the, that's your lot, but we we'll, we'll have news for you uh, if you 're on patreon, you will this week be seeing the second half of our show uh, from Putney. Uh, so if you're not a member of Patreon, by all means go to our uh, Patreon page or go to our Twitter page at Thought Police, uh, TP, and there you'll find the links and all of that. And as I said, we will let you know, we think it might be sometime this month, we're we'll going to do another live podcast recording, um, and we might well do it uh, here at the Horseshoe, which is where we are right now. Indeed. Right. That's it. Go fuck, fuck yourselves. Bollocks. <laughs> And